Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Joel Grote. And I'm Lynn Wilder. And we're excited because today we're going to talk about uh, something that relates to grace and relates to transitioning out of performance-based religious groups. And it's the whole subject of how do I know if I'm really hearing from God? And maybe even can I hear from God? Yeah, this is something I struggled with quite a bit, and now I notice that other folks I work with struggle with. So in leaving performance-based religion and believing that um, Jesus and God were found only in that organization and through that authority of that organization, now if I give my life to a God of the Bible that I can have a direct relationship with without having an organization or some kind of man as a mediator. I have Jesus as a mediator between myself and God. That's all I need. Then how does that work? Because I thought in performance-based religion, I knew how God was speaking to me and how to tell if if it was a correct um, revelation. Right. right. So these were kind of the rules in my performance-based religion. I was only allowed to have a personal revelation for something that I had stewardship over. So for me, that might be, as a BYU professor, I might get an impression about one of my students, and that might be an appropriate revelation. Sure. Or at home, I might get some kind of impression for my kids, you know, and that might be an appropriate revelation. I couldn't get one for my husband, though. Right, because, because he was I had an authority no, over you. Yes, right. I had no authority over him or for any of my priesthood leaders above me. So there was kind of this system, right, in how God would speak to you. And of course, we were taught that truth came through feelings. And so when I first got hired at BYU... Truth comes through good feelings, comes through positive impression hyper emotionalism yeah. crying uh, chills down your spine right. those kind of things i experienced so here's an example when i was first hired at brigham young i remember going onto campus and feeling like i was walking on eggshells walking lightly on air as if this were some holy ground where i mm-hmm. needed to remove my shoes um such a kind of good feeling that it made me weep, right? Yeah. Um, I also kind of felt that feeling when I go in my car past a temple. So every day on my way to work, sometimes I would go near the Mount Timpanogos Temple and I developed this little ritual where when I got close, I turned off the radio and made sure everything was quiet in the car yeah. as if I were showing this grand reverence, right? And then mm-hmm. 
um, then I was having this emotional feeling and God was telling me that that, that temple was true. It was part of his plan. Well, once I read the Bible and I decided it was a different gospel than my performance-based religion, and I began to wonder if it might even be a little bit different God or God isn't exactly who I thought he was, then one of the main issues I had to deal with, and I think everyone needs to deal with as they come to Jesus, is how then do I test truth. How do I (laughs) know? Can God speak to me? Is it a literal voice? Am I going to hear something in my ear? Is it going to be in my mind? How do I figure out now what's true? Right. And I think added into the mix that makes it so hard for people transitioning out is they've often been told This is the only place God speaks today. So it's only to those who are part of our particular performance-based religion that that will hear from God. Those outside of this really can't hear from God. And the other thing that I had people tell me is, because I came from a traditional Christian, historic Christian, biblical-based background, I was told, well, your God doesn't speak anymore today. You believe that prophecy has ended. You believe the heavens are sealed. God is silent. Why would I want to go into anything other than where I am? Why would I want to go into historic biblical Christianity if God doesn't even speak there anymore? And I was always kind of surprised when I heard that because it's like, well, God speaks to me on a regular basis. So I'm not sure where you got this idea, but that is an idea that's planted, that that people are told, well, if you leave us, you'll stop hearing from God because God doesn't speak anywhere else. Because in performance-based religion, there's always authority. Right. And so God has to speak to leaders of the church right. who there's then have ch- to deliver. <laughs> channel of communication. Yeah, there is. Right. Yeah, kind of a CEO down the right. ladder kind of thing. And it's funny because the authority structure isn't always the same because there's a different performance-based religion where their structure is it's Jehovah God And then it's like angels who mediate, and then the angels bring it down to the earthly leaders, and then that group of earthly leaders then disseminates that to the rest of the people. But But there are all these folks in between who are men, right? right? You don't hear directly. fallible. Right. And so... That's going to be a problem. Right. And it always creates a dependence on the organization. And I think that's one thing that's come up multiple times as we've interviewed people, is people have said... For me, I was told I needed to depend on the people in the organization. I needed the organization. God wasn't enough. A relationship with Jesus wasn't enough. I had to have this other stuff. And we're here to say, no. Right. Jesus Jesus is is our intermediary. We have, yes. He's our direct. I mean, we have direct access to the Father through Jesus. So then now back to our original question. Okay, so how do we know then? If a person has lost all this all the structure that they've had, all their whole paradigm for hearing from God, what is a biblical paradigm for hearing from God? Are there anything that we can use to sort that out? I love that you asked that question because <laughs> I had a terrible time at first. I didn't trust any of the feelings things anymore. I Which didn't... isn't a bad thing. A little bit of skepticism is probably when you've been really feelings-based. But it's some 
point. If you're going to have a personal relationship with God, you need to have conversations. And right. Stuff, and you, and right? there is an emotional component. We're emotional beings. God wants us to have an intimate relationship, and you can't have intimacy without emotion. Right. So absolutely. There were so, certainly how did you times. Resolve this? I remember when I first started going to a Christian church, I wasn't even aware that the tears would just be pouring out of me sometimes. And yet that hyper-emotionalism back from Mormonism where I was feeling chills and um, had all of these hyper-feelings weren't necessarily attached to that anymore. It was as if the Spirit of God was just pouring into me um, and it didn't yes. have the same kind of hyper-emotionalism, mm -hmm. but it was very real, but it was different. So, <laughs> so God's personal. So the way he works with different people um, can be very personal. And yet there are things from the Bible that we know we can trust, right? As right. far as how to hear from God. Yes. This is really an issue that people struggle with. So even yesterday, I got an email of a woman who gave me one dream after another that had happened, one voice after another that she felt she'd heard that said this and told her that. And she's trying to figure out, is any of this real? Yeah. Is all of this real? Mm -hmm. Can I trust it? You know, right. I certainly want to hear from God, but now I'm all confused about that. Right. And as you and I have talked, um, we actually, once again, have very, we've come across in what we've learned and studied, very similar paradigms. And there actually is a structure, there's a biblical structural paradigm for hearing from God. Mm -hmm. And like uh, what our church has used um, for decades is God speaks through the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the people of God. Mm. And and very often in that order. In other words, the Word of God is primary. If you want to know what God has said to you, the Bible is always a reliable source because it's objective truth, it's revealed scripture. And so when God, for example, says you need to be kind to one another, you need to put off all malice, bitterness, any root of contention or evil, all that. Okay, when God says that, no matter how you feel about that in the moment, you know that's true. So you may feel incredibly bitter because of a betrayal in a relationship or something that's happened, and yet, regardless of how you feel, you can know that the objective truth says, okay, that bitterness, um, that desire to maybe cut somebody off uh, relationally or emotionally, you know that that's wrong, and so and it has you let to be the word of God with. right. Yeah. So you let the word of God speak into that, and that trumps your emotions. Um, but when you get to the more subjective, there are certain things where does God speak? And I think that's through the spirit. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you probably have stories, but I can think of times very clearly when I have been in prayer, when I have been looking to God saying, okay, God, I need help. I need wisdom in this situation. And I'm very open toward God. I'm in a posture of humility, of looking, not looking to assert my own but I really want to know. And God has spoken very clearly. Uh, and oftentimes, Scripture will accompany that. Oftentimes, the voice of God comes as the Spirit quotes the word that he's inspired 
or it's something that I can directly tie to Scripture. And when that comes, I can know, okay, that was that was the voice of God. Mm-hmm. And now I can trust that as being from God. Because we're told in the Word to test the spirits. Yes. So different um, beliefs have different spirits, right? And right. so you need to test what someone is teaching you or telling you or you're reading with the infallible word right. of God. First John 4, 1, for the people that are wondering about that. And any references, anything we cite, we'll make sure and put in the show notes. So and you can in find Acts, those. the Bereans were yes. more noble than others because when Paul spoke, they actually went back to the scriptures and checked to see if it was there and if what he was saying made any right. sense. And Paul does not take offense at that. I mean, oh, he Paul, wanted them to do that. Right. So he comes and he brings them the gospel. He brings them, in a sense, new teaching, new revelation that's building on mm-hmm. the Old Testament scriptures. And he loves the fact that their first response is, thank you, Paul. We recognize you as an apostle of Jesus Christ, but we're now going to take everything you said and we're going to look and compare it to scripture to see, yeah. does that really match up? And he says, these people are more noble. And I think that's another indicator of somebody who is a messenger of God, because I think there are certain people that are gifted today to help people understand what God is saying. Mm-hmm. And the true message of God will have that same humble attitude. He will never feel threatened or be put off if somebody says, you know what, I'd really like to check you out. Thank you so much. But you know what, I'm not going to take just your word for it. I'm going to check it out. Um, false prophets, false teachers, one of their characteristics in scriptures is that they're arrogant. And if you ever want to check a leader above you against the Bible and their response is to be angry or how dare you question me, that should be a red flag right away that this is not someone who has the Spirit of God oh in them. Oh, my. So I have, a, <laughs> I have a personal story with that that I'm pretty sure I put in the book Unveiling Grace Um, I was invited to have lunch, myself and a few other faculty members, with the president of BYU one time, who is a 70. He's Mm -hmm. a a general authority. And I was so starstruck (laughs) because in performance-based religion, I really believe that my leaders had authority and that I should listen to them. So I'm sitting directly across from him at lunch, and I asked him to please bear his testimony of Christ, right? Performance-based religion uses Christ, not Jesus, typically. Mm-hmm. And it was this immediate anger, and everyone there was shocked. And this is what he said to me, if you've been on campus for any period of time, you've heard my testimony before. Wow. And then this, this stunned silence, and then he spoke again, took a deep breath, and began to bear his testimony as if he were, you know, sorry that he had reacted that way. But yeah. I was shocked, and, it, and God, it was as if God showed me, look, this is the man in Oz, and you've just pulled back the curtain. And it might not be exactly what you thought it was. And I'm not saying that Christians don't get angry at some point. 
But if you're someone going around saying that you have authority and that you speak for God and those kind of things, that would not be the kind of reaction that you should get from a man of God, right? Right. Because we have multiple, I mean, throughout the New Testament especially, we have modeled for us how apostles of Christ and how Jesus himself, Mm -hmm. I mean, the Pharisees repeatedly questioned Jesus' authority. And yes, he came down on them pretty hard. But anybody who came to him seeking and wondering, um, Jesus very humbly encouraged them to seek and find. So, yeah, so that humility is important. So, so hearing from God, um, we hear from God through the Word of God, through the Spirit of God, through the people of God. Um, I want to go back to that spirit of God again thing, because I think that's sometimes the trickiest. Yeah, I don't think we've completely covered that topic quite yet. And yes, it is a tricky one, especially when it's new. Right. So are there ways, are there checks and balances? So when we hear that kind of internal voice, and I've had it happen, and I think for me, one of the things that's been helpful to me is to to keep a journal, um, or when you have those really strong, because I remember one time, my wife, and I, my wife and I adopted five children, and I remember at one time, we were considering um, like a group, of a sibling group, and we had only adopted one child, we were open to adopting more, and in, even in prayer one morning, I felt like I got a strong impression of God saying to me, yes, this sibling group of like, they were like three or four Hispanic kids, which we really desired very much because we had one adopted Hispanic daughter already. I grew up in Latin America, so I have a great heart for the whole Hispanic culture, language, all that. And the impression I got was, yes, um, these children will be yours. I thought, wow, okay. Did that just come from me and my desires or was God really letting me know? And so I actually made a note of that. Okay, I'm going to because I'd been working with performance-based religion group at that point for maybe 10, 15 years and was very aware of, you know, the spirit speaking and moving and, and, uh, within four or five weeks, six weeks, that sibling group went to somebody else. We were never even in the running for them. And I made note of that to say, okay, there was a very strong impression that came even during like my devotional time it wasn't tied to scripture. So it had to have come from someplace other than the spirit of God, because the spirit of God is not going to lie to me. The Holy spirit of God is not going to say, these are your kids. Yes, you will get them and that not come true. So to me, that was a good kind of checkpoint to say, okay, I, anything that comes subjectively to me like that, I need to hold lightly. I, I should not begin immediately saying to people, because I just think, what would happen if I would have gone from there and started, you know, putting God on Facebook, spoke to me God spoke said, to me and told yeah. me, and then it didn't. Then now I've impugned God's character mm-hmm. and I've actually misrepresented God. So we have to have a lot of caution. And, and for me, that's become one of my principles. If it's not directly tied to something in scripture, something like that, if especially something that I'm desiring, wanting, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to record that, I'm going to hold that lightly, and I'm going to continue to want God to either verify or validate or show me, maybe even at, in this case through circumstances, 
you know, really was that from him or not. And that may not be real helpful because, but I think we have to be careful. Well, see, I didn't know in performance-based religion you had to be careful. What I didn't know was that those kind of answers might come from your own desires they might come even as a counterfeit answer from a demonic source. I had right. no idea. Right. And so you have to be suspect somewhat mm-hmm. when those things come and figure it out and make sure that you have kind of a confirmation even um, in the word, right? And then that leads us to kind of a third way, and that is the Bible says that God sometimes speaks through other members of the body of Christ. Speaks through the people of God. I have a really kind of dramatic example of that that rocked my world (laughs) when I first got saved. When we left Utah and came to Florida... My husband had been a believer maybe six months or so, maybe less. We were pretty new at this. Did not step into a Christian church at first, but we were in Bible studies. I was in a women's Bible study. We were in a couple's Bible study. So I'm in the Word, but not in church necessarily. So about my birthday time, which is near New Year's, Mike was out of town, and I decided to step into a church. Okay. This was a a wonderful church with a pastor who had been trained at Dallas Seminary, knew the Bible inside and out, um, not a cessationalist, believed that the gifts of the Spirit were still active. Mm -hmm. He was a wonderful mentor for us. Well, we had been going there several weeks And one morning before I went to church, I'd been praying fervently for the answer to a specific question. And like you said, you wrote down your impressions. Right. I used to write down my prayers. That's how. And I I prayer journals are amazing things for tracking how God does show up and come through. Because I don't remember what I prayed for. And six weeks later, he'll answer the prayer. And I don't even make the connection sometimes unless I keep some kind of a prayer journal. So I had desperately gone to my knees and asked God this particular question this morning. So at the uh, then I went to church, Mike and I, at the end of the service pastor always prayed over us before we left. Well, in the middle of his prayer, all of a sudden he's silent. And then he speaks out loud. Someone here has been praying and asking this question, and and this is who you need to go to for that answer. And then he just continued with the prayer, closed it, and I'm on the floor freaking out because because <laughs> you're knowing this is I'm knowing me. this is for me personally. This right. is the answer to what I was just praying about and I know exactly who he's sending me to for that answer. Not freaking, right? Mm-hmm. God can be that personal. Well, it was Memorial Day weekend, so pastor wasn't in Monday morning, but first thing Tuesday morning when he got in his office, I'm there going 
Tell me about this. I don't understand this. All of a sudden, in a prayer, you just spoke something out loud. He said, (coughs) in the middle of my prayer, another believer came up and said, I feel like God is telling me that this needs to be spoken out loud. And pastor said, I checked with the Lord. I said, Lord, do you want me to speak this out loud? He said, I felt I needed to, so I did. And I said to him, so does this happen every week? Is this normal? (laughs) He said, I've been a pastor about 20 years, and I believe it's happened to me one other time. Right. So, And then he goes to explain that this is actually scriptural because the Bible says that sometimes God will speak to you through another believer. Right. And that is exactly what had happened. The message that he spoke out was, you need to go to uh, the drummer in order to get the answer to this. Well, my son Micah, who got saved on his Mormon mission, is a drummer. Oh, wow. And, And in those early stages, our family was pretty estranged from each other. I'm trying to figure it out, not go to my kids for all the answers. And yet here was God opening a door for me to go directly to a son who was a little farther along than I was, who would know the answer to this. And that was such a blessing then to go to wow. him, ask him that question, have him show me in the word. Right. How I could trust an answer to that. Yeah. And yet God had done that so dramatically by working through a number, another right. member of the body. And I think that brings us back to what's core is anything we think we're getting from God or we are getting from God will always match up to Scripture. Yes. There will never be anything that God reveals to us, either through another person or through His Spirit or through impressions, that goes against something that He has revealed in His Word, which is why it's so important um, to be in the Word and to go, and I think I've maybe said this before in other podcasts, I know as I'm teaching and doing discernment training, which I do a lot in even other countries, is I'll say, when you go to the Bible, when you go to the Word of God, please do not go to it as a picture in a frame, something that's static, that you look at that never changes. Always go to the Bible as a window Mm. into the heart and character and truth of God. Because a window may frame the same place, but when you look out the window, what's going on outside that window may be very different and so when I go to the Word, I go to the Word as a window into the heart of God, into the character of God, into a God who is personal wanting to reveal. So I go with expectation knowing that there may be something looking into that window or out that window that I see for the first time that I didn't see before because I wasn't ready for it. Mm. But if I see it in that window, I can trust it. I can know it's from my Father. And layers upon layers upon layers of um, truth, right? Right. That you don't always see this truth unless something's going on in your life that you need to understand this, right? Right. But always that that window frame of the Word. And yet I can read the same verse a hundred times in it, and yet one day... The Spirit will use it and apply it, and yes. And I guess here's the other thing I would say to our audience. 
when you have those times, if the Spirit speaks clearly, move. If, if you are in the Word and God reveals something, God brings a conviction, God brings an action. And I can think of a time, I was, I've read through Romans dozens of times in my life. And I'm reading through Romans, I don't remember exactly the exact verse, but in the context of the verse, it was talking about how we can damage or hurt other believers by, by stuff we've done, and we can actually impact them negatively in terms of their own walk with God mm. because of our sin. And as I'm reading that, God brings immediately to mind a co-worker from a couple years past that we had worked together for several years. He was no longer with the organization. And God immediately said, you have impacted negatively his life. Things that you did, the way you interacted, you need to make that right. Wow. And it was like, I just, you know, stopped. And I knew in that moment, I had a choice to make. I was either gonna call up that person, not necessarily right then and there, but within the next 24 hours and schedule a time to meet with them or I was not going to. And my encouragement is if God brings you to that point, please act. Don't delay. Trust God and and act on that because that obedience becomes what opens the door to future. And and I did. I mean, I I that same day I called him up and I said, "Hey, Man, I was just really convicted about this. I'd like to meet you for breakfast. Um, I've got some things I want to share with you. Would you be willing to do that? And he was like, oh, absolutely, yes. And so I didn't give a whole lot of details on the phone. I felt like it was something I needed to do personally. But within the week, I met with him for breakfast and said, hey, God, I am just here to humbly beg you. And at that point, I'm crying when I'm talking to him because God is so impressed on him. And I said, so I am so sorry for... And I mean, he was the reconciliation, the forgiveness, I mean, the grace, it was all there extended to me. But I think, okay, so what would have happened? I don't like to think about what would have happened if in that prompting of the Spirit, if in that speaking of God, I would have said, well, no, I'm not going to do that. That's That was two years ago. Um, there's so many ways we can justify. And so it's not only the hearing from God, but I think the key sometimes to hearing more from God is that we act in obedience on what He does show us. Mm. That's heavy stuff. <laughs> it is, and it's not easy. And again, it's why we need grace. It's why we talk about a grace that heals, because it always keeps coming back to that, do I trust God? Do I trust God to reveal himself to me? When he does reveal himself to me, do I trust God enough to act on it? And do I not trust myself enough to when I get those impressions, to be willing to put those in check, mm -hmm. to, to consider those? Um, so yeah. Well, and to be perfectly honest, there are times when I've run away from even spending time with God because I didn't want <laughs> to hear that, to hear. Right? Um, because yeah. we like to be the gods of our own world. We do. I apologize right now, Lord. Thank you. So, well, this has been a great conversation. We're pretty much out of time for this episode. It goes really fast. It so, does. And again, we just want to say... Thanks for being with us. Thanks for sharing in the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Have you struggled with God speaking to you? Have you struggled to hear from God? Have you heard from God and you've struggled on what? On taking the action you need. We would love to pray for you. So unveilinggracepodcast.com is the best way to get a hold of us. You can write to Lynn or to myself directly or leave a comment or question. 
as we said before, don't be a stranger. Um, we would love to have you be a part of our community and family and hear from you. And who knows, something you may share may help somebody else. Grace and peace be to you. Amen. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. We hope you'll join us next time for another conversation devoted to taking your life and relationships to another level of healing. You may connect with us and leave your questions, comments, plus find the show notes at unveilinggracepodcast.com. That's unveilinggracepodcast.com, where you can experience a grace that heals.